know, they say by the year 2050, there will be more plastic in the ocean by weight than fish. Like, that's a scary concept. You feel sometimes like you're just doing a small thing and then you see litter on the street and you feel a bit helpless. But if we're all, more people are contributing in a small way, we can see that it makes a large impact. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Global Shapers Gold Coast podcast for another episode. I'm your host Michelle and I'd love to know how you're finding the show so far, so please head to our Instagram page at Global Shapers Gold Coast and leave us a message. So what do you see when you look at a single-use drink container? Do you see rubbish, waste or an opportunity? For me, growing up in Adelaide, I saw pocket money. Thanks to a refund scheme introduced in the 70s, uh, the value and the life cycle of single-use items changed for me. So things like secondhand clothing, keep cups, uh, bring your own Tupperware container, and all those sort of things came from that. So that's the topic uh, of our episode today. Uh, And we're talking to another one of our hub mentors, Laurie Minto. So Laurie here is director of automated depots at Tomra. Uh, Tomra is the largest reverse vending machine provider globally. And we'll hear a bit more about what that is later. So Laurie's had some awesome work history in the waste and environmental sectors. Uh, all over Australia, but also dabbled in starting his own business on the Gold Coast in the circular economy. He's been a great ambassador for the government's container refund scheme here in Queensland, and I can't wait to hear more about the work you're doing for reduced reuse and recycling. So thank you, Laurie, for being here today. Yep, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, so could you please tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about Tomra and what you do there? Yeah, um, well, I've uh, been involved in, I guess, the waste and recycling industry for over 15 years. And uh, fortunately, in the last couple of years, found myself at a purely recycling-focused company, Tomra, who launched in, Tomra Collections launched in New South Wales in 2017 when the New South Wales Container Deposit Scheme launched. I was living in Queensland at the time, went to New South Wales to help with that launch. And when the opportunity to come back to Queensland arose, I jumped straight on that. I've been up here for 10 years and absolutely love it. yeah, so it's fantastic to be involved in purely recycling. And as you touched on, Michelle, like, you know, I'm a big advocate of the Keep Cup and just looking at ways to minimise my use of single-use uh, products and really, you know, loving doing that. And I've just literally put my compost in the car this morning, which I'm driving to our office in West End after this. And we have a community garden and we started a composting recycling in our own commercial premises there. So little initiatives like that, just looking wherever we can to do things better and smarter ourselves. Yeah, I might ask you a bit about that later yeah, too. I know true. at home, since we started mm. um, doing the container refund scheme, my housemates mm. jumped straight on board, collecting mm. all of her friends' bottles and cans yeah. as well. Um, and it sort of led to things like compost as well. We mm. thought, okay, if we're doing this, you know, how else can we change our behaviour mm. at home? So yeah, it's good to see you bringing it to the workplace as yeah. well. And as for Tomra, yes, the world's leader in reverse vending, but um, it's a blend of technology. So we have you know reverse vending machines that are super easy to use. They have container recognition, so they can determine what is eligible in the scheme and what isn't. And if it's not eligible, it gently gets pushed back out to the customer. And then we use that as an opportunity to educate them you know, what bottles and cans are actually part of the scheme. There is a little bit of confusion at times about you know juices, the concentration of juice, the size of the container. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty straightforward. What we generally say to people is that you know, if it's a hot day and you take a beverage out of the house to consume or you go to a service station to buy a beverage to consume, it's most likely that those types of beverages are the one that is part of the scheme. You know, some people ask about wine bottles. 
and you know you don't take a wine bottle out on a hot day to quench your thirst. So wine isn't part of it. It's really <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a and it, these schemes are designed to prevent litter. They're anti littering you know schemes. So they basically prevent drink containers being littered in the environment and finding their way into our oceans, which is a large problem, as we all know. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. You know, we have a lot of initiatives here with Ocean mm. Cleanup, and I think in one of our previous episodes, we spoke to Larissa about those initiatives. Mm. Um, but this is also uh, going back to the source and yeah. stopping those bottles and cans getting out mm. in the first place. Yeah. So have you seen a uh, reduce in litter maybe in Queensland in the last year since the scheme's yeah, been definitely. introduced? Yeah, I, I've definitely seen a reduction in litter. And probably one of the key things I see is that, you know, there's still bottles and cans being littered, you know, overnight in the area that I live in, um, you know, in a, a fairly busy part of the coast and near the beach. But the thing you do find is that, you know, I've, if I go past those containers and I come back an hour or two later, they're gone. So like you said, it's an opportunity. People realise that now that has a value. And for a lot of people, it's a life-changing thing in terms of kids' pocket money, some people that are struggling, it's a good opportunity to just supplement their income. And then there's charities who benefit from it. Yeah, that's fantastic actually you mm. mentioned that because it's the community is getting into the, the mm. waste cleanup like, as it happens. Yeah. I know I was in Germany a few weeks ago and when my friends were putting away their you know, one-use cans of bottles, they mm. didn't put them in the rubbish bin. Mm. Um, they just left them outside next to the rubbish bin so someone could use that as an opportunity. Yeah. Next, um, that's that's really interesting. You mentioned um, the financial incentives as well. Mm. It's a great way to encourage the process from the start. Uh, yeah. But where does the money go? Do people usually put that back into their pockets, or what other initiatives are there? Yeah, we, we find that you know, literally ninety percent of people basically keep the money for themselves. Yeah, and it's understandable. You know, life's not easy. Uh, there's a lot of pressures. So if you can find an opportunity to make a little bit of extra money like that, that's a perfect opportunity. Um, donation is quite common as well with the other component of you know containers being returned and and then I guess there's just a whole untapped market of people that you know just don't feel 10 cents is enough motivation to go through the motion so you know that that is you know a good area to focus on and get donations so we recently over Christmas and the summer period ran a campaign called bottles for the bush and it's been our most successful charity donation type campaign. It's designed to help uh, rural families affected by drought and fire. And we had a massive uptake. We set ourselves a goal with Rural Aid to raise 250000 And we're about to hit 500000 wow. So we literally, And that, that's the best use of donation in the scheme we've seen in that, you know, people, if they don't have tangible cash to donate, they can just say, okay, well, out of my 200 containers, I'm going to donate 10, and every small amount counts, and we've just seen a lot of small amounts just go through the roof to equate to that value. Yeah, I guess when you see it as 10 cents, it doesn't seem like mm. much, but mm. you know, when you add them up, $500,000, yeah. that's a lot of money. That's a yeah. lot of cans and bottles going back yeah, that's um, it. back into the economy. Mm. So. Um, so that's the container refund schemes. Yes, when you go right. in, you can go to one of the depots. Mm. Um, we've got quite a few around the Gold Coast, I think. Um, and then you can get your 10 cents back. Yep. But then to be able to donate that back in, that's a different scheme, right? Yeah. The containers uh, for change? Uh, it's all interrelated. So it's just a different method of payout. So you can go in and get your 10 cents or in the case of the Tomra facilities, we issue the customer with a retail cash voucher and they can take that voucher to Woolworths, they can exchange that for cash or they can put it towards their groceries. Another option is a customer at the time they're returning their containers can choose an option to donate and then there's a couple of ways they can do that. 
either on screen with our machines and donate directly to the charity. In this case, Rural Aid's our current charity partner on all our machines across southeast Queensland. Or they can register with Containers for Change for a Scheme ID, which Global Shapers have done for the Good Karma yes, Project, and we'll yep. no doubt talk about more about that. And you just come into any container refund depot, a container refund point, and say that I would like to donate my containers, here's the Scheme ID, and then they will be donated. So it's all the same process, it's all part of the same scheme, it's just a different method of payout, basically choosing to donate your containers or the value of your containers to a charity. Yeah. yeah. Go for change instead of turning it to change for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so how can we find out where to go? Where are these reverse vending machines? Yep. Um, so there's, across the state of Queensland, there's 307 plus container refund points. So they're, they're able to be found on the Containers for Change website. And just when you go into the website, it's pretty clear. It just says, where can I return my containers? Click on that, enter your suburb, and it'll tell you the nearest collection uh, refund point. And there are multiple, you know, in all areas like the Gold Coast. So you might have a couple near you. So you've got plenty mm -hmm. of options, spoiled for choice. Um, on the Gold Coast, Tomra has one facility at Varsity Lakes and, um, and then others around southeast Queensland. But in all, there's... 300 plus locations people can return their containers. Wow. Yeah. And has it been pretty successful so far? You've had uh, a lot of uptake of people donating? Yep, yep. Uh, the scheme itself is extremely successful. You know, the, the day it commenced on the 1st of December 2018, you know, people just started showing up and returning their containers. On the first day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we we're pretty keen to get started. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Mm. But we and have seen just an ongoing increase. More people are becoming knowledgeable about the scheme. You know, it's a, now about education and awareness and you know, people are talking to other people and they're still advertising and, and the like to promote the scheme. Mm, and I think it's, it's a really easy way to make a difference, an mm. easy way to get involved. So uh, I mentioned, you know, my housemate and I at home, we have a separate bin just for mm. the containers. So we make sure we get a critical mass of it and then take yeah, it down to our exactly. nearest depot. Um, and then at work as well, we just have, I brought a separate bin um, mm. to make sure that you know every time someone brings in those cans and bottles. Mm. I mean, of course, we encourage you don't use the single-use plastics, but it's yeah, inevitable exactly. that some people are going to bring them in. So um, yeah, so make sure they're going to a good place. Mm. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about where they do go. So if I take in my you know, fifty cans and bottles tomorrow, yep. where are they going to go? Yep. So part of the collection refund point operation is to segregate that material upon you returning it. And then we have nice clean streams of clear PET, for example, aluminium cans, uh, glass bottles. They get collected and are processed in Queensland, further processed, so either baled in the bales and then shipped around to recyclers throughout you know, Australia and potentially some you know, global. But basically, 100% you know, of material that goes through the scheme gets recycled. And in a lot of cases now, we're seeing clear PET bottles being turned back into bottles. And that, that for us is the ultimate goal, uh, what we call the clean loop of recycling. So a bottle back into a bottle. Yeah, clean loop recycling. So the mm. thing that it was first made to be, yeah. it keeps being that thing yeah, being useful. that's it. Interesting. Mm. Um, what would your ideal future be for single-use plastics in the circular economy in Australia? I mean, fully clean loop recycling sounds... Yeah, like that, that is definitely for Tomra, that's our big focus in Australia, mm -hmm. you know, promoting clean loop recycling. You know, it's a good demonstration. It's one product, you know, in, in our lives that we can demonstrate a true circular economy with from, you know, producing it, filling it to reusing it and getting it back into that bottle. So just mm -hmm. that's a 
pure, true circular motion there. Yeah. And that's what we're focused on demonstrating through container deposit schemes and bottle recycling that this is achievable. And I think I've heard some really cool innovations too because at the mm. start there, because we didn't have this sort of refund scheme, we didn't have mm. the need to reuse all those plastics, but there's been some pretty cool innovations where mm. either small companies that can't afford like virgin materials, they can um, mm. buy those reused, um, like return bottles and stuff. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what yeah. we make of it in the next couple of years. Mm. Um, I mentioned at the start, I'm from Adelaide, and they've been doing a container refund scheme since before I was born. Mm. Uh, what took the rest of the state so long? Good, good question. <laughs> the schemes to implement do come with a bit of complexity and, you know, the the drink that you now buy ultimately has to fund the scheme. So, you know, there's, a I guess, a reluctance to want to increase the the price to the consumer. So just all those political things that come into play. Yeah. But, you know, now there's a big momentum. Obviously, New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia already had it. Uh, the NT's had it for a while, and Western Australia kicks off on the 2nd of June next year. Oh, and really? It won't, uh, this year, sorry, 2nd of June this year, Western Australia kicks off, and then it won't be long before you know the remaining states of Australia have a scheme. So yeah. a lot of momentum now, that'd which is be, fantastic. That would be great for Australia if we had all states doing this kind yeah. of scheme because then it will become natural. And, you know, like yeah. I said, growing up for me, it was normal. Of course mm. you're going to recycle. Yeah, exactly. um, and, yeah, it changes your perspective on other things and waste mm. has a, a dollar value attached to it or yeah. in the case for the containers for change, it has, mm. you know, an altruistic value to it. Mm. You're actually making a difference. So I think, yeah, yeah and our future generations are going to think this is so normal and think why would, didn't we do this before? Yeah. Um, so how do you think Australia measures up on a global scale for waste management and this kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I can talk specifically to container deposit, deposit schemes. So in some of you, European countries and even the northern northern states in America and Calgary, for example, they're achieving recycling or return rates of bottles and cans and containers are part of their schemes up around the 85 to even 90, high 90s, 90%. So... In Australia, where you know, first year in Queensland, fifty percent or thereabouts. You know, some of the reports—they're the figures that are reported in New South Wales, slightly higher. And you know, we're aiming to really push into the high eighties, but that's a challenge. So, what you'll find in Europe is a different model of how they enable people to return their containers, and it's a what they call, I guess, more of a return to retail or an in-store. So, you would have noticed, and I went to Germany as well last year. When you walk into a supermarket, the reverse vending machines are literally in the front of the sh shopping centre. Yeah. So you end up, you know, going to do your weekly shop. You take thirty containers back instead of stockpiling and taking hundreds. So you just make it part of your everyday life, and so it's that convenience and accessibility that's a lot greater in other parts of the world that really make the container schemes get next level, and certainly things that you know our core, our our schemes are looking at as they develop. That's fantastic. Mm. I think there is a lot of potential in this project for sure. And yeah. uh, we mentioned earlier the Good Karma project. So uh, the Gold Coast Global Shapers Hub, as a registered charity, we've signed up for the Containers for Change scheme. Uh, so your donations can be made uh, to our um, our grant fund. We've got some big plans for 2020 on how that money is going to be invested back into our key impact areas. Um, I'll touch on that later. But uh, you mentioned, Laurie, that it's really easy for people to support their charity of choice. Mm. Um, all you need is the scheme ID. So each yeah. charity will have a scheme ID. Mm. And um, that's what happened when I donated my bottles. There was a really cool vending machine. I always yeah. love where technology is <laughs> being utilised um, for these kind of yeah. things. 
And at the end, I just popped in our scheme ID, which we'll share on the Instagram page. Um, and yeah, the, the mm. donations can go there. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Laurie, how do you think that our Good Karma project, um, what we're going to be doing is reinvesting those funds back into the Gold Coast? And where would you like to see the funds go? What do you think the Gold Coast city needs right now? Yeah, uh, I guess for me, like, you know, we're so driven by our lifestyle and the beaches and the like. So it's unfortunate you still see a lot of litter, you know, not only drink containers, but they're readily snapped up as we touched on, but still a lot of litter around. So for me, I just think about, you know, cleaner oceans, you know, better for our environment. And, you know, I guess a lot of people may not necessarily associate oceans with oxygen production, but they are the largest source of oxygen production for the world. So we need to look after our oceans and, um, you know, for me, I guess more initiatives and ways to prevent people littering, which is a massive challenge. Yeah, yeah I think you're right in that the, the Gold Coast Beaches is a big iconic thing yeah. for us here. Mm. So we need to make sure that those things are preserved for future generations. Yeah. And even for us now, I mean, mm. um, just a little bit of litter on the beach can really, uh, yeah, impact uh, yeah, the definitely. ecosystem. There. Mm. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, what made you sign up as a mentor for the Global Shapers? It's our first year, so yeah. you didn't have much to go by, but um, you've been a very keen uh, mentor so far. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just passionate about people, for starters, and helping people develop, so I want to you know, leverage what I've learned over my career and share that with you and, and other Global Shapers members. And you know, the Good Karma Project was also part of what was presented to me when I was looking at the opportunity to be a mentor and obviously I'm super passionate about uh, that and leveraging what I do to assist you with the recycling and containers and raising funds to support the Gold Coast. And as I mentioned, I've lived here for 10 years, originally from New South Wales and you know, just love the Gold Coast. So an opportunity to give back to the Gold Coast is a, you know, a big bonus too. Yeah, we're lucky to have you. It's Thanks. very. I, I moved here as well only a couple of years ago, but mm. really already feel very welcome on the Gold Coast and yeah. very passionate to get involved locally. Mm. So, um, I mean, our hub is a local group uh, with young people. Um, so what advice would you have for youth groups like the Gold Coast Global Shapers or mm. other people in the community that really want to make an impact to their city? Yeah, uh, I guess it's ultimately all about, you know, a lot of people, you know, you feel sometimes like you're just doing a small thing and then you see leader on the street and you feel a bit helpless. But if we're all more people are contributing in a small way, we can see that it makes a large impact. So on the native oceans, you know, they say by the year 2050, there'll be more plastic in the ocean by weight than fish. Like that's a scary concept. That's terrifying. So for me, the biggest thing I could say is, yeah, don't litter and you see it all the time. So it's just a message that needs to be continuously pushed. Littering is bad for every everybody, everything, the environment. And you know, we rely so heavily on the environment. So. That's, that's really good advice. And I think, mm. yeah, Larissa, our other mentor, touched on that too. It's, it's the small things that you mm. can do. And, I mean, for me, the, the container refund scheme was a catalyst for mm. all the other things that we can do. So um, we're actually in my office at the moment, and I can show you the Royal Keep Cups that we bought because yeah. we have a lot of people that are visiting from interstate or overseas working here. Mm. And just supplying them with Keep Cups when they go out to get a coffee is yeah. going to make a difference when Definitely. it adds up over the rest of the year. Um, I had someone, my cousin actually, whenever she goes out, she'll take mm. a Tupperware container. Yeah. And I used to think that was wacky, but now I think, oh my gosh, that makes such a difference. You know, mm. every time you go out for lunch, even if it's once a week, once a fortnight, you're saving a takeaway container mm. and they're going to give you. So, um, yeah, really good advice. And I think we should all take that into consideration. What are you doing mm. today 
that can can make a difference. Yeah, and on small. the note of you know coffee and keep cups and the like, if you find yourself without your keep cup, just make the sacrifice and go without that coffee. Oh, that's oh, that's a challenge for the listeners out there. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's funny because I do feel guilty if I go out and I've got a keep yeah. cup. So what I did, I was in Brisbane the other week. And I just had in, like mm. I had the coffee yeah. in, in a mug, needed my coffee, didn't want to take a cup. I was late for my next meeting, but I needed to not yeah. have a takeaway <laughs> cup. I love that. And that was my next bit of advice. Have the coffee in, don't yeah, take it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Australia is really catching on with that. Yeah, um, definitely. That trend too, because it, it does make a difference that if I refuse to take a takeaway cup mm. and I make a big noise about it, mm. and so do you and so does the mm. next person, then the business has to change. So yeah. um, I think, yeah, business owners have a big role to play in listening yeah. to the, the people. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and I find myself just constantly refusing plastic bags at shops. Mm, you know, like, definitely. Would you like that in a plastic bag? No, I'm fine. Yeah. I, I'll do the right thing by the environment. I'll carry it. Yeah, yeah. And again, if you yeah. forget your bag, you just got to carry them all. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's a juggling um, act sometimes. Yeah, but. <laughs> but that's the new scheme that came into Queensland as well, right? The no single-use plastic bags. Yeah. Uh, that's where, yeah, businesses aren't meant to give you one of those single-use plastic bags. And I've definitely seen a difference around mm. the place here. You know, it's the worst when you go to the beach and you see bags tumbling in the wind. Yeah. Um, have you seen a reduction in litter since that scheme was introduced to? Yeah, but there's no shortage of plastic bags. People are just buying them now and, yeah, and using them. That's true. Yeah. It's, it's the people's behaviour that has to change too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Laurie, what are you looking forward to in 2020? Yeah, there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to in 2020. Good, good. <laughs> Personal and uh, work orientated. Um, from a work point of view, you know, in my role, I'm involved in looking after our, I guess, our operations in states other than New South Wales. So, you know, for me, we're looking at launching in in Western Australia. So exciting time for me to be getting involved in the scheme commencement in Western Australia, and then just continually improving our service and what we do in Queensland. You know, currently in Queensland, about 1.4 billion containers in the first, let's say, 16 months have been returned, which is you know phenomenal. Wow. And and of those 1.4 billion, 320 million have gone through the 10 Tomra sites. So you know we have a like a lot of customers and a lot of engagement with the community. Mm. So for me, this year is really just focusing on you know making sure that that is the best it can be. Yeah. And, you know, with the volume that we already get, we do offer a great service. But you know, never rest on your laurels. Never just you got to always try and improve. Continuous improve is is a big mantra of mine. Like just continuously improve. Look for new opportunities yeah. and ways to do things better. Definitely. I think yeah. that's, that's great aspirations and I think yeah. well, your wins are win for us too, so yeah. that's fantastic. Um, what's something that has excited you this week specifically? It could be a new trend you've seen or an event coming up or something you've read. Yeah, uh, this week. <laughs> it's Monday. It's Monday morning, yeah. Maybe last week. Bit of pressure. Weekend, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, you know, I'm a pretty excitable person about life in general anyway. So, you know, today my day commenced uh, rising at 5am, going to the gym. So I'm pretty, and a bit of an early bird and, and I like, you know, to read books and listen to audio books, particularly when I'm driving to Brisbane. 
and I'll note that I do my drive in a hybrid car. Okay, good. <laughs> so yeah, I try yeah, to do my that. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you listening to? Um, What's on your audiobook? I just, I just finished a book called Outliers, which is an interesting book. Malcolm in terms, Gladwell? Yeah, 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 that's it. Great book. And um, I guess, you know, one of the key messages of that is, you know, nothing's achieved without hard work. And, you know, there's people that you look at and you go, wow, they're so successful and they must have, you know, they're just at the top of their game. But there are some situational things that, or circumstances that give them that opportunity, which is interesting to know. Like in 1968, Bill Gates at 13 was in America and potentially globally the only teenager that had access to a online programming computer, a new technology, and he just lived and breathed that. And so it was opportunity through the school that he went to, the parents, the business that had that computing equipment, which was unique, you know, at that time in the world. And and he was the one person in the world that got unlimited access at that age. So, and, and obviously he committed to it. So there's a lot of hard work from his part that's gone in there. But there's also some other factors which Outliers talks about, which is very interesting. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, life is all about circumstance and opportunity, yeah, but you have to yeah. make your own luck True. and actually take those opportunities. So yeah. he could have just sat back and said, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that would be cool exactly. if I wanted to do that. Yeah, that's right. The dedication yeah. and focus of those people that are at that level is just phenomenal. Like, I, I'm pretty focused, but they were near that level. <laughs> what, a, what a world we would live in if Phil Gates didn't take that opportunity, Yeah, huh? exactly. <laughs> Um, so before we wrap up our interview today, it's gone very quickly. Yeah, um, is there right. anything I should have asked you, but I didn't ask you? Anything else you want to add? It's um, a good question. I guess just from a bit of friendly advice to you know, young people in the Global Shakers community, you know, if you think about when you go through school and the like, you know, what, are, what are some of the things you don't get taught? And you know, no one leaves school having been taught how to manage money, for example. You, know, you take lessons from your parents, you're influenced by the banking sector and the like. So all I can say is, you know, if you're, first of all, never stop learning and, you know, just continuously learn. And, and one way to do that is obviously to, you know, listen to podcasts, read books, uh, listen to audio books. So I would recommend for listeners to kick off um, and younger people to listen to The Barefoot Investor and or read the um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book great advice in those books and the sooner you can read those when you're younger the better off you'll be well you're not the first person to recommend them to me yeah, and i wow. have them sitting on my shelf and i haven't read them yet yeah, so i highly recommend it yeah that might be my next one <laughs> yeah. thank you um and so laurie how can people contact you and find yeah. out more about uh, what you're what the work you're doing yeah, time yeah. i'm pretty open to being contacted and i guess the simplest way is just through linkedin you know laurie Minto, mm-hmm. um, you'll find me easy. Yeah, easy. Well, yeah. But put some uh, you're, because you're one of our mentors, and yeah. we'll put your uh, bio on our Instagram as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, if any of our listeners um, do want to find out more about Tomra Containers for Change, where did the name come from? What makes the most valuable container, which is the the most coveted uh, material? Then you can check out a couple of the other podcasts that are around the place: um, Ocean Protect and Queensland Sustainability in Action podcasts. Um, have interviewed a couple of other leaders within Tomra and Containers for Change, um, which is how I learned about the scheme as well. Um, And we did mention Good Karma. So that's the flagship project of our hub, uh, which is leveraging the awesome Containers for Change scheme. Uh, The project will reinvest those container refunds into the circular economy with projects like we mentioned before. Um, So together with our community, we can do good on the Gold Coast um, and create impact in our areas of shaping the future of our city, climate change and health. 
So if you've got some containers lying around, then send them our way when you return them um, to your when you return your eligible cans and bottles at one of the collection points. So you can choose to pocket the change, which you know, absolutely go ahead and do that if you if you want to. Um, but you could also nominate our scheme ID, uh, which is C one zero two one two two five nine. But we'll put that on the Instagram page, uh, and those coins you give will go to our grants program, which we'll talk about in another episode. Uh, so head to at Global Shapers Gold Coast for more details and updates. So, thank you for coming in today, Laurie, right. and thank you for listening uh, to the Global Shapers Gold Coast podcast, The Power of Youth in Action, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again soon. Love to. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. Thanks.